point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and Father Dickinson is not here this week. Sad face. So you're stuck with me again. So we have, I always introduce you. Father Dickinson always introduces himself, but you should you should introduce yourself. Guest co-host, host. <laughs> co- co- what an what a entry. I, Renee Leach. Renee Leach. I, we, yeah, okay. So, so <laughs> Renee, for those of you who haven't listened to Ignition before, um, Renee is a regular guest co-host, just an average, ordinary Catholic Old average. I didn't say that. It was coming. Okay, so <laughs> so we we are in the the uh, midst of Lent. Um, looking forward, it's a ways away. Easter um, is it will be coming up. Just real quick, Renee, how's your Lent going? Not so not so great. I'm always glad for a new day, so I can. Start again. Start How again. about you, Dr. Kr- it's going fantastic. I'm sorry to hear you. So yours is going well. Mine's going peachy. No, so I, I think so far so. For me, just real quick on this. We didn't plan to talk about this, but we just you, you can roll with put, it, right? Yeah, put me on the yeah, spot well, here. Okay. Go. So mo- normally, actually, my uh, my spiritual director, who who we share in common, we won't divulge his name right now, though. Uh, for my penance recently, he t- he asked me to think about last uh, past Lents that have gone well, and I, as I was doing my penance, you didn't have any that have gone well. <laughs> <laughs> Not I was really then like. So for me this year, the key was not to bite off, to stretch myself, but not, you know, tear a hammy, pull a hammy, you know, I mean, not not stretch myself too much. I just had that conversation this morning with a friend priest who I said that maybe I had bitten off too much and he encouraged me to keep chewing. Yeah, there we go. So there yeah. we go. Um, I um, um, not having your experience in life. Um, <laughs> there it is. No, I, but I, but it, so far it's going well because maybe I bit off too little, but but what I'm doing so far so good. So anyway, uh, but but we're still early in Lent. Obviously, the the first week of Lent uh, today. We're recording on Wednesday the twelfth. I think today's date is so the first full week into Lent. But we've got several weeks to go before we get to Easter. But where I'm going with this after Easter, uh, sometime in May. Well, yeah, probably May, maybe early June. Um, it's always an exciting time of the year here at the diocesan offices. Yeah. Right? It is. it is because everybody wants the scoop on what changes are coming in our parishes. Yeah, it's particularly priest assignments. Priest assignments, yeah. exactly. Who, who, you know, is, is, is my are, are my priests or is my priest leaving? Who is the new priest going to be, et cetera, et cetera? And this year, I think that's that's well, I, it is heightened even more because in addition to that normal annual process, um, we also are in the midst of. The fine, well, an important stage in our diocesan planning process. Uh, again, for people in the diocese of Sioux Falls, they're aware of this. Um, in our bishop's bulletin back in, I think, January, maybe February, um, Bishop Swain, the, the, the entire issue was devoted to the topic of the planning process. And Bishop Swain has been um, and is nearly done meetings with, with the clergy of the diocese uh, and then public meetings with uh, parishioners of the diocese to talk about his proposals. I think those would be 
done next week. Yeah, so they'll be they'll be wrapping up soon. Uh, his proposals for linkages and mergers uh, amongst parishes and our diocese, and this this has gone back for several years, and now um, we're not near the end because we're, we're sort of this is in a sense this is just the beginning. Correct. Um, we're the, the, we're coming to the decision point where Bishop um, will make his final decisions, and then will you know, a number of the changes will will start to be implemented this summer. And I'll, I think it's important to mention the reason for the changes that are coming is um, we have a significant number of priests who are retiring mm-hmm. and um, we don't have as many seminarians coming mm-hmm. in as we used to. And and we have a, a couple of religious orders that have served our, our diocese for many years. Uh, some of our parishes served by the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I, I got, I'm getting that wrong. The OMIs up. This is the assistant area of our diocese, and then over in the Chamberlain area of our area of our diocese, the Sacred Heart priests as well. Um, so we have you know priests who have been serving um, in our diocese, part of religious orders, and 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 the religious orders are having to pull back as well for similar reasons. So we find ourselves. Uh, in the situation where, and it's not, you know, I think the other thing too that Bishop has been to me really to good on, um, and I approve of his message. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing, Doctor B. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the other thing that Bishop, it, it's not just the 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 reduction in the number of priests uh, available, priests, active priests, but also the demographic shifts in our diocese. And I think that's really important to note too. Um, we see changes in our communities where schools are merging and um, people are having to drive a little bit farther to go to basketball games right. and get their groceries and yep. and it trickled down into our our parish life. Too. Yeah, it's, it impacts all aspects of, of a rural state like ours um, and every part of it too. Uh, you know, that's one of the things just recently the announcements were made for the Sioux Falls area. And there there are some uh, some of the parish in Sioux Falls also um, are part of the propo- bishop's proposals for linkages and so on. So this is something that does not impact the, 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 the smallest of our parishes, but even some of the larger parishes as well. I think in the end, it's going to impact every Catholic in the. Right in the diocese, in and, some way or another. And the other thing too, so it's but even those things. So so priest numbers and um, uh, demographic demographic shifts uh, make it sound as if this is, this is a reactionary action on Bishop's part um, and the part of, of, of diocesan leadership. And it's not. It's all because Bishop's desire is also that that our parishes would be vibrant, living parishes uh, in, in the sense that, that, that there's, a, there's a lot of activity and, and going on in our parishes, that they'd be, they'd be um, I think, how does he put it, that, that solid faith formation would be available for all people in the diocese in their parish, that people had, in the, throughout the diocese would have access to the sacraments, et cetera, et cetera. Go ahead. Well, I just think that emphasizes um, correctly how important community is mm-hmm. to our faith, and that if we don't have a strong community celebrating together, um, our faith can't grow. So his his goal is to make sure that every Catholic in the diocese has a community in which they can grow and um, prosper in their faith. Exactly. And and related to that too, and, and this is I think a little tricky for for um, for us to to figure out exactly the the, the well being of our priests is important, and and the reason I think it'd be tricky is because I think there there are it's easy to 
to go to one of two extremes. On the one hand, uh, and this isn't as much the case in obvious ways, but I still think in even subtle ways, we can put priests on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, expect them to be able to do, frankly, more than they can. As, wherever they wherever they are. Exactly. On the other hand, we can say, well, we don't really need the priests anyway. We, and, and where we diminish their proper role. So we can, on the, we can overemphasize their role within, within the church, within our parish life, or we can underemphasize. underemphasize. Uh, and so finding that about, but part of this is in, the, in that proper understanding and that proper emphasis, um, the health and well-being, physical, spiritual, emotional health and well-being of our parish priests is important. And, that, and that's related to that first thing with the number of active priests we have available. But we can't just, you know, we can't, and I don't hear a lot of people doing this, um, but, but we have to be, make sure that we're not poo-pooing the importance of, of a priest's well-being. Oh, absolutely. And I and I think that I think, frankly, I think that's a huge, huge part of the process. I think when when you consider the amount of um, the amount of miles that the priests, some of those priests have to drive. And I think you realize the number of people that they're responsible for and the fact that um, they're on call 24 hours a day, basically, um, there is. A, and and some of our priests are aging. There is a limit to what you can physically do. Yep. And we want to we want to keep our priests healthy and active just as long as we can. We Absolutely. don't want to drive them into the ground. No, don't want to burn them out. No. So, so that's uh, this is really all just setting setting the stage though for what we what we really want to talk about today. Exactly. So, so, so this is you know both those things with priest assignments coming up uh, later this spring, and then also the planning going on. I think raises in people's minds questions about what exactly is the diocese and what's the role of the diocese. What's the relationship between the diocese, whatever it is, I think I might know uh, between that and my parish church. And, and then part of that related to that, obviously, what is the role of the bishop in and of itself? And what's the relationship between the bishop and my parish priest? Um, I, 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 I think that people, a lot of people are, are because of what's going on now with planning and again, priest assignments coming, um, might be wondering those sorts of questions, wondering to those sorts of things, asking those sorts of questions. I agree, and and you know, you um, the diocese isn't a sinister agency coming in to <laughs> <laughs> foil everybody's plans and ruin everybody's lives. I think it's important that people understand um, the connection and the hierarchy yeah. of. Of how it was all, in t- how it's all intended to be. Yeah, the, the way that yeah, what God's plan is, and therefore, what our bishops and priests' plans for the Church of Sioux Falls as a diocese is, and all parishes within it. So, what we're going to do um, is uh, sort of have a combination interview slash discussion. Uh, Renee has some questions that she thought of and, and got some some input from um, some other people. Um, the topics related to this that uh, hopefully we'll hunt, um, that we'll talk about and hopefully unpack and explain uh, more what exactly a diocese is, what a bishop is, and their relationship with the parishes and with the priests um, in our parishes. So this is Renee trying to stump Dr. Bergwald. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she did it already once today, which I wasn't happy with, so we'll no, see how today No, he kind of goes. pouted about it, too. <laughs> so let's start. Okay. Explain the hierarchy of the church? Where does the diocese fit into all of the hierarchy of that? 
yeah, so I think a lot of times people have, um, particular. I should say Americans in particular, so obviously including South Dakotans, have this idea of the church as a corporate structure. And so at the top of a in, a, in a, in a business, a large business, you have the CEO. And so for a lot of people, the CEO in the church is, Renee? The Pope. The Pope. So Pope Francis is the CEO. And then he has his, all of his vice presidents. The, a CEO has his, his executive vice presidents, presidents or whatever the various titles are. And the, and, and the executive vice presidents or the senior vice presidents or whatever we call them of, of the church are? The Cardinals. And then you have the, whatever, in the business model, <laughs> underneath the cardinals are the... Bishops. And underneath the bishops are the... Priests. Yes. Uh, and underneath them are the... Lay people. With deacons in between. Oh, the deacons and, in and, between. And, don't forget, and, and we got to fit the religious in and there the somewhere, too. And the religious order, too. So there you go. That's the answer to the question. Okay. Is but it? You didn't explain. Oh, it's, no, 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 it's you not. You didn't explain it. <laughs> No, so yeah, so, so the Catholic Church has does have a hierarchical structure. We know that. I mean, we, the things we just talked about are realities, um, and a lot of people do have that that corporate CEO or the corporate structure in mind. There are some analogies, but it's not a perfect. Another analogy that people sometimes think of, not as much today, at least in our country, but but be a kingdom where the Pope is the king, and then you've got the princes, and we talk about the cardinals as, as the princes, princes of the church. Yes. Um, so that's another. But again, even th- there are some. Um, that it's an apt analogy in some ways, but not in others. So the, the the best thing to do, Renee, if you're going to look to, you know, a book to get the answers to what is the structure of the church supposed to be? What what book might you look at? <laughs> well, I know you'd go to Wikipedia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, the Bible might give you that some might hints. be a good place to start. <laughs> so yeah, so what do we what do we what we see in Scripture is obviously Jesus, um, the body, the, the church is the body of Christ, but Jesus establishes his church on the rock of Peter in Matthew sixteen. So Simon, the not the first uh, disciple, the first apostle in the sense of chronologically, but one of Which the I first. Which I find very interesting. Yes, that, that's another yes, topic. That isn't. Um, but 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 Simon was was chosen by Christ to be the rock on which he Jesus would build his church. But then, in addition to to Simon Peter, we have the other apostles. So the apostles are really the foundation with 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 Peter um, as, playing a. a preeminent role, but all of the apostles with Peter uh, are the foundation of the church. And then they, in, historically, we know this from the Bible itself, from the New Testament, um, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, and then the letters of Paul and so on, they passed on the authority that they received from Jesus. So Jesus, at the end of Matthew, Matthew's gospel, gives all of his authority, which he received from the Father, gives all of that authority to the apostles. Um, and, and, and so they teach and act in the name of Jesus Christ. The apostles did. What happened after they died? What happened even during their ministry? What we see, again, in Acts and the, the letters of Paul, that they passed on their authority, their apostolic authority, to other men. They, they appointed, they laid hands on other men, they ordained other men as overseers um, and, and the Greek word episkopos is is, is where we uh, what that overseer term is from which through the the long com- convoluted nature of the English language that, that's what a bishop is an overseer an episkopos so so the bishops um, historically are those men who received the, the the first generation of bishops received from the authority their from the apostles their apostolic authority 
and then they handed it on to the bishops, and then the bishops handed on to their successors. So you have this sort of spiritual lineage, and we see this where even today, where where so Bishop Paul Swain, um, there's a, 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 a patrimony of his spiritual authority, so to speak. We, we it's traced back for generations and generations of who ordained him, what the bishop that ordained him, and the bishop that ordained him, and and, all, and ultimately goes all the way back to the apostles. So I'm talking a lot here. I'm hopefully going to get to a pause. <laughs> so you've got this this world where you have the successors of the apostles are the bishops with Peter's successor, the bishop of Rome, the pope, in that, again, that preeminent role, um, the structure which is around the world. So so the, the in, in a local, well, actually, let me just stop there. Does that make sense? Yes, but but the point in all of that is that the bishop couldn't can't be everywhere. Right. So so Jesus Jesus didn't just send out Peter. Jesus sent out 12. And then the 12 historically, yeah, they appointed overseers, but we see by the end of the 1st century that the, the that the the first generations of bishops even couldn't be everywhere. And so they uh, they they ordained other men not at the same to have this who had the same power the same authority that they did but other men who who were their co-workers their cooperators who worked with them to to proclaim the gospel to and to pass to shepherd exactly pass on the teachings shepherd God's people the, the 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 flock that's where we get the priesthood. And even before that, by the way, we see explicitly in the New Testament deacons uh, who help serve the people of God as well. But by the end of the first century, you see explicitly in the writings of the of, of some of the early writers of the church, early early church leaders, you see um, uh, bishops, including the pope. So bishops and then priests uh, who do have the fullness of, of, of priestly authority, the bishops do. The fullness of apostolic authority, again, that's the bishops. But they share in it so they can do some of the things that bishops do. And then deacons. Um, so, so again, bishop, priest, deacon by the year 100. So does that yes. make sense? Yes. So then... How do how did they set up different structures within within their groups? Because Paul went one way, right. and yeah, so so, so Mark the, went one way, the, and they the, the, John went one way, and so and then historically, what happens is if you if you get the apostles, and then following them, the bishops who would proclaim the gospel, and then they might stay in a spot, or if there were too many people, they would ordain priests to help minister to them. But but it's always connected back to what, what, over time, there became geographic boundaries. And so the things that we call, today call a diocese is a geographic boundary in which one man is the high priest, and that is the bishop. So the Diocese of Sioux Falls, uh, in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, our priest in the, the, the preeminent sense today is Paul Swain. The bishop of the diocese is the high priest of the diocese. He has the fullness of authority throughout the diocese, the fullness of jurisdiction throughout the diocese. As the bishop. As the bishop. And he delegates some of that authority for smaller geographic regions to his co-workers, the priests. So a parish, a parish, um, first and foremost, is not the building. It's it's a territory. It's the people. Well, it's a people within a certain region. Yes. Um, so, so it's the structure or the, the geographic area and, and, and the flock within that. And so a priest is responsible, is in a sense the face of the bishop. 
Again, the bishop is the high priest, but he can't. We, we, in our diocese, we have about 150,000 Catholics spread around about 145 parishes. Um, there's no way that one man can, to minister, can minister to the spiritual needs of all those people, let alone the other people within the, the diocese of Sioux Falls, um, people who aren't Catholic. Catholic. Um, so that's why we have priests. So, so as an extension of the bishop for the smaller areas, the, the parish communities, uh, to be the, the face of the bishop. Now, in South Dakota, there are two dioceses. Right. Rapid City, Sioux Falls. And Sioux Falls. And Sioux Falls. How many dioceses are there in the world? Oh, um, I think it's close to 4,000 now, three to 4,000, somewhere in there, okay. give or take a thousand. <laughs> no, I, I do think it's, I think it's yeah, give or take a hundred, I should say. I think it's closer to a thousand. Who, de- who 4, decides 000. the regions? Who decides this will be a diocese and this will be a dis- diocese? The, the, the Bishop of Rome, a.k.a. the Pope. The Pope. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because he has, so a bit within, within a diocese, a bishop has um, the fullness of authority, of jurisdiction. The, the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, has the fullness of authority and jurisdiction with his, in his diocese, but also throughout the world, around the world. Again, going back to that preeminent role that Peter had among the apostles in, in, in the very beginning, um, the, the, his successor, the Bishop of Rome, has that same authority uh, throughout the world today. But he, it's, but he but, but, Renee, do you know how the Pope refers to other bishops? I do not. Brother Bishop. So he, so he now now Bishop Swain would say you know, he, the, the, that the Pope is his his father, his spiritual father. Uh, the word Pope comes from the Italian Papa, which means father, daddy. So there's some truth to that, but 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 there's also a, a relationship of brotherhood, brotherhood. amongst the, the Pope and the bishops. Um, because recognizing that there, that a bishop is not just you know a middleman between us and Rome between us and the Pope. He does, he, he, Bishop Swain and the other bishops of the world are the successors of the apostles to whom Jesus gave his authority. So I think sometimes we can just, because we don't see Bishop Swain on a regular basis, the Bishop of our diocese on a regular basis, we can diminish the role and importance and significance of a diocesan bishop in our life because we don't see him on a regular basis. Uh, but he is, again, he is the the priest of a diocese uh, and, and, and he ministers to our needs through the the priest the in the priest. sense that we, we, we think of them. Does that make some sense? It does, it does. What else? We got about five minutes left. What oh, else? Oh, okay. Um... Oh, that's good. One of the things that I think is interesting about the whole structure and setup is that um, we, there are different regions, um, and we are under the archdiocese of Minneapolis, St. Paul. St. Paul, Minneapolis. St. Paul, Minneapolis, sorry. and there are eight dioceses in our region. Yeah, so so there is, and again, this can get confusing because it, it seems to create well, there are, the middle manager that, thing. Yeah, does that mean that that? Yeah, so so in 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 the United States, the the bishops of, or the diocese of the United States are divided up into I don't know, 
12, 12 13, regions. 12 regions or provinces, um, another, another word for them. And ours is region or province eight, the North, Dak- North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. So there are, I think, a total of six dioceses in Minnesota and two in each of the Dakotas. So we have Ten? Nine. 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 Okay. Nine in Minnesota or nine total? No, there's nine total. Okay. So there's, there's, um, I think, well, okay, I'll go with you. You did the checking. What are uh, the, what are the dioceses of Minnesota? My uh, home state. Saint so Cloud, I don't get this wrong. Yes. Duluth. Yes. Winona. Yes. Crookston. Yes. St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yes. New Ulm. Oh, there is 10. I miss New Ulm. Ah. It's okay, people uh, in New Ulm. I, I don't hold it. Be, be kind to Renee. So yeah, we have so we have ten dioceses in our region, and the Archbishop of Saint Paul, Minneapolis, is 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 the um, the metropolitan for our. So he he has, but it's not greater authority. He has a, a role of honor, a place of honor. Um, so he's not Bishop Swain's boss. He's not. No, the, it goes fr- from Bishop Swain to Pope Francis. Um, so Archbishop uh, Neenstedt, I think, is the arch. I think that's right. I'm sorry. I okay, hope that's right. Okay, you're from Minnesota. I, know. I am not. I don't live there now, though. Anyway, he's the um, he's the Archbishop, and he's the Metropolitan for the area, uh, and, and so he has some um, honorific title, uh, a, a role, but again, no authority over the diocese of Sioux Falls or the other diocese in our in our province. Is that similar to the title of Monsignor? For a priest, that because. might be a, that might be an apt analogy. Yeah, yeah. A monsignor doesn't necessarily have any any greater. Uh, typically, wait. J- just being a monsignor doesn't mean you have any greater authority uh, over other priests in your diocese. That, that that might be. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Thank you. Kudos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We've got about two minutes left in this episode. Any any other quick questions that you might have? The other, uh, and the reason why I'm throwing these out here is when I first started here, I had no idea sure. how any of this worked. The other thing that I think you is- You still it, don't. I know a little bit more oh, okay. than I did All six right. years ago. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> um, the other thing that I think is interesting is that our diocese is divided into deaneries. Right. And that's based on region. Yep. And each deanery has a priest who oversees that deanery. And they have the honorary title of very reverend. Right, the dean of a deanery. And how, and how is he chosen? Do you do you know? Have you heard how, how a dean is chosen? I thought the bishop chose. No, he's elected by his peers. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. So the typically that doesn't have to be the case, but I think that's in our diocese that's the norm at least. How long are they? How long do they hold that? They have position? a term. I, I don't know that. I don't know. You'd have to ask our chancellor Matt Altoff or, or our bishop Paul Swain, or probably any of the priests of the diocese would. But I don't. I don't remember how long um, their term is. But it is a term that they serve as as a dean as the dean for their deanery. Um, and yeah, they do have that. They're, they're because of that. They do have very reverend. Um, very reverend. So and so. Um, and again, they don't have any authority over their brother priests. Uh, it's that that is sort of a you know a, particularly a communications conduit. Uh, but they but they in a sense do represent the pre, uh, the priests of their deanery uh, on the priest council. So when bishop consults as he does on a regular basis with the priests, he does that with the this group of men um, who are chosen by their peers. Anything else in all like twenty seconds? <laughs> The other, okay, 20 seconds. Uh, The changes that are coming in May, um, Bishop consults with a group of priests to do that. That's something that he 
he, while he makes the final decision, um, there's input from his brother priests on who gets what. There's a lot here. We'll have to do another episode of this, Renee. Seriously, we should. (laughs) You're laughing. Well, fine. Then we're done for now. That does draw. We are out of time, so uh, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Um, if you have any questions about what we talked about today uh, or, or, or want to hear more about it, we probably will do another episode. But my email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. So send questions uh, to me, and we will do our best to answer them next time. Thanks, and God bless.